You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Hello, A Scully. Before the after the show discussion is today, how is your foot progress? My foot progress is really good. I got to take off the bandage. So now I'm just freestyling with the open wounds kind of hanging out there. If somebody <laughs> just tuned into this, they've never heard it before. They're like, what foot? What? Who? What? Right foot surgery a couple weeks ago. And now it is healing. And I've ditched the fucking crutches. I hate crutches. And part of it's going to be because I'm like fat and people... On crutches need to weigh about five pounds because they suck so bad. I mean, seriously, it makes me want to grip my teeth. I want to go get one right now and like jam it in a wood chipper or something. I fucking, and they're made out of metal. I hated the crutches. I don't mind the boot. I'd wear the boot forever. It doesn't bother me one bit. I'd wear them on both feet. That's one of those Up to my armpits. What are they called? Orthopedic boot orthopedic thing. Boot. I mean, it's all the way up to my knee. I have no problem with that. I wouldn't even mind a cast. Crutches? No. No, no. So what about a little wheelie crutches, thing like an old lady uses? I don't think I would mind. Yeah, the old ladies don't use the wheelie thing you're talking about. You're I talking saw about one come in when no, I was... No, they the... aren't like that. Those things that you use for this kind of thing have like one spot for your knee. And they're very small. They're not like that. That's a sitter walker. So like that, a knee trolley. That's not a knee trolley that you saw. But the the one that I could get. But everywhere you go, that's too rough terrain. So don't really How about a four by four knee trolley? No. With a big How about just tires. no crutches? Because they suck. Ass. <laughs> Do not like the crutches at all. So now I'm looking at it. It's swollen up like a fucker today. Pardon my language. F word, F word, F word. Uh, because it's unwrapped. It's been unwrapped and I've been walking around on it really slowly. Really limpy. Got it wet for the first time. All that stuff. So I saw somebody do uh, talking about crutches. Um, a guy with a broken foot did the London Marathon this year on crutches. How, how hardcore would that be? That's probably because he weighs five fucking pounds. That's what happens when crutches are like an are average easy. looking guy, but imagine how hardcore that would be. Your armpits would hurt, wouldn't they, after a marathon? Actually, I didn't rest on my armpits hardly. I put all my weight on my hands. Or your arm, or your forearms would hurt. Yeah, but if you only weigh like 120 pounds, it would be no problem. That's what I'm saying. I hate the crutches because I'm hauling around another person, basically, strapped on me, I would say. I don't know. All right, so that's medical talk for this week. (laughs) Uh, It is Saturday, October the 25th. This is After the Show, number 347. After the Show is a podcast where we review movies. That was not our before the After the Show discussion, by the way. We don't talk about uh, health. We We didn't even have a before the discussion. I made it the After the Show. before the. So, uh, yeah, this is a podcast which we review movies. So we are not a health uh, <laughs> podcast or a orthopedic podcast. You don't give this kind of disclaimer later when you talk for <laughs> half an hour about video games and stuff like that. We will mention video games. See? Um, but. This is not a video game podcast. Because the video games are not up front like this. <laughs> you can tune out when the video game part comes and just switch off. But if you want to stay for the movie part, you have to stay. I'm around. insulted. Why wouldn't people want to hear about my stupid foot? <laughs> so, if they follow me on Facebook, they will have seen my stupid foot through the whole process. So the movie we're looking at this week is the movie Chef. It's a 2014 movie released on Blu-ray now. You can pick it up now. It's uh, rated R and it's from our friends at Universal. And Sid Talk, give us the synopsis of the movie Chef. Um, it's about a guy who's doing his thing as a chef, but he's not doing his thing as a chef. And um, has a moment of... What introduces him to the internet, because apparently he had no clue about the internet or social networking before that moment. Yeah. He was so involved in his cooking, uh, chefing, whatever you call it. And then, um, you know, his life takes a turn where he can embrace his own creativity and take control of his own fate. That's very good. Yeah. That's like about Mm -hmm. 10,000 other movies. But. Yeah. But. So, um, yeah, Chef, it's the new movie from John Favreau, stars him and directed by him, and written by him, actually. Um, and chefed by him. <laughs> I didn't know what to expect from this, aside from it being a movie about You chef know what race. I said? 
I am not looking forward to this. Yeah, and I hadn't seen the trailer for this. I guess sneeze. <laughs> and I haven't seen the trailer for this. I hadn't... The only thing I knew about it was... It was on the cover, really, and the cover's pretty terrible. Oh it's my one god, of those, it's here's, one of those horrible here's ones. Here's all the faces of people who are in the movie. It's really bad. Like, the, you know, my a perfect cover for that movie would be one of his dishes that yeah. he created, just looking at the food. Absolutely. Because the movie is a food movie. Yeah. Right. So, what I thought about this movie... Um, Going in without high expectations. Yeah, I didn't have any high expectations, and... I, I found it a very different, even though it has got a bit of a Hollywood formula to it. If you detach that part, there's a, it's a very different kind of movie. I had a, it felt different to me, um, and why it felt different was it's very like laid back and br- like like there's areas of the movie where it's just about the food and it's close ups of food and it's people laughing and smiling and having a good time and here's the food and you know yep. and I said to you it's a bit like food porno at some points <laughs> because they linger on the food and they cut the food very slowly um, but that's how the, the people who do food like really do food but I think it was are. I think that kind of vibe and you know spoilers I guess they, they're in a food truck driving across the country and they you know not give, really a spoiler if you look at the cover no and they're giving food <laughs> you know they're doing and that whole section of the movie where they're in the food truck and it's really fun. I just, it felt fun and I was like smiling all the time and it was. It felt like, follow your dream, everybody. Yeah, and it, it was. <laughs> It'll um, be awesome. You know, the personalities of the people in the truck and the whole thing was, I, I just felt, it just feels, you feel happy watching it and. It uh, subtracts a lot of reality. Yeah. Because we don't, what this movie does is it presents to you the best. Of every situation. Right. The best of more spoilers. You know, you work as a chef in a restaurant that's owned by some guy who doesn't want you to do your thing. We don't see the darkness of that. We don't see the dark side of him no longer being a chef at that thing. We don't see the dark side of the actual soul crushing that must take place. As a creative person and understanding that true chefy people are creative people, that when a critic would attack you or bring you down with just, like, nothing. That that's rough. We don't see the dark side of that. We don't see the dark side of divorce, hardly. It's just sort of It's like a fairy tale. Yes. But I kind of like it the dark side of them traveling across the country and being able to sell at every single location. Because we are established, oh, we do do get a permit. Okay, well, we, we skip over all that, which is good. But it removes a little bit. It makes it, yeah, fairy tale-y and really upbeat. Yeah, and that's that was what I was saying. It, it just felt like like happy. I felt happy during it. It was funny, actually, genuinely funny. I felt a lot of it was improvised. It seemed like you know people just talking, like just you know, a lot of we're times, doing the stuff yeah. in the truck and let's see what we can get. Like that's how it felt to me. But it felt natural all those parts. But then some parts felt really very Hollywoody. When he meets Robert Downey Jr., for instance, those kind of scenes to me felt very yeah. And some of it that was presented as casual was really contrived. But then there's some parts of it where you're like, "Wow, yeah, that's just natural." You know, people doing the thing in the back of the truck, and let's see what we can get. Like from when it. he burned his finger, and everybody yeah. kind of you know, I, you don't know. Or when there the were no kids, extras. when the kid puts like a big massive dollop of butter <laughs> on, you can see it's just like he's just having a laugh. Like it's the so. I got that from it, and, you know, it's not offensive. I couldn't understand why it was R-rated, to be honest. It didn't feel... You said the F-word. Yeah, but... And they, you know... You know, if I I actually had some children, aside from an F-word, there's not a ton of F-words, I feel like everybody could sit down and watch this. I mean, it's not offensive. It's fun. It's like a... It's a very different take on father-son. Yeah, there's that. Very different. Yeah. Which is, like, it... You don't get different very often. It's not in your face. That's why I felt for all its Hollywood kind of trappings, because there's obviously some big faces in it, you know, big name actors in there and stuff. We're also missing one element. He's a chef, a successful chef. He's been like Mr. Starman, and now he's kind of on the down, maybe. Or like on the flat. Um, He clearly hasn't connected with his son. He's divorced, which means he's devoted to being a chef. But we don't see him being an asshole or anything, which I'm not saying they all are. But they've removed that as well, so that you like him. You never are like, oh, he's like Ramsey. You know, Not, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's yeah, he's just, actually nice to his crew. But he's selfish, and he's self-absorbed, and he's all about the food. 
him making food, which is, that's how he sort of dismantles that throughout. So I, and definitely don't go into this movie hungry because yeah, you, will, exactly. you will be starving when it's over. I've created a sandwich just for supper because of this movie. Yeah, and what what he does create in the food truck, the Cuban sandwiches, they just look absolutely delicious. <laughs> and we don't eat meat. In their no, but they, I mean, the whole yeah. thing looks... and. There was Imagine one that thing. sandwich, no meat, right? Just the really good bread and cheese and a pickle and the mustard and then toasted on that thing. I liked how much mustard he put on it. That Ooh, was a, that was it a looked lot of really good. Um, but yeah, it's it's a really like lively, like, just happy kind of like, there's not really, like you say, there's no darkness. It's it's just this nice kind of movie. They're the only... I like the vibe also of the Cuban music throughout the, throughout the he, whole thing. It, but amongst, in all of that, him... Inez, his ex-wife, the you know I don't know her name in real life, and the kid, all three have moments where the heartbreak of either because they're divorced or dad's not with me anymore or she still loves him but they're just they really show that like yeah, genuinely it comes right through even in like a like a like a split second of how they interact with each other which I found was like the ground otherwise it would all be like too romantic comedy-ish. But with that, it kind of... Because the kid mostly had to show his disappointment, but it's not, like, huge. And then the guy had to show his, like, obliviousness and then the reality... The the realization that he has broken his son's heart. But in, like, a tiny little thing. Like, a look and a... Like, and that's that's why I felt this movie felt different from other movies. Because, one, I was tra- I was straining to think of movies about chefs or food. There are a few. Um, Julia, and Julia. Julia and Julia was the one I was thinking of. Ju- um, I wasn't interested in that at all. I watched it. It wasn't. I wasn't into it either. But um, it's really hard to think of like a chef films. And so, first off, that subject, it's not hammered to death. We, we've not seen yeah. it every year, so that felt fresh to me. Oh my god! <laughs> Please don't say shit like that. Um, and like I say, the. It felt like, you know, a Hollywood movie shooed into this other thing, <laughs> which felt different to everything because else. Because he knows how to make a big Hollywood yeah. movie. But he also, and like you read, because there are no extras, that it reflects his own It's like journey. semi-autobiographical. Because if you've been Iron Man's director, slash writer, producer, and but inside you, you're like, yeah, I get it, I get it. I make a robot big and big movie. special effects. Everybody's going to love it. Obviously, everybody's going to love it. Let me go over here and do this other thing and have the studio just pat you on the head and say, like, oh, no, no, dude, you just keep making Iron Man because this other shit's just a waste of your time and you're just frustrated inside. I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah, that's the idea with this. Like, uh, you can go on and, like him with the movie, this is a small movie compared to the Iron Man or Cowboys and Aliens even. Yeah. So, yeah, you can express yourself more maybe in a, if you strip all the crap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because cause there's no John... I mean, yes, John Favreau appears in Iron Man. He's actually a character <laughs> in it. But it doesn't scream John Favreau to me. No. Elf screams John Favreau. Like, I see yes. I, I see his... His sense... His, the sense he of He has detail. a sentimental yeah, thing the, to him. The amount of detail that you don't even... You don't notice it because it's so luxurious and it's so simple. Even in Elf and in this. Every set... Every place they go, it's almost like they all just made the effort to get, like, real. I felt like they were in really a restaurant and really, that yeah, truck was really I a piece of too, shit yeah. truck that he fixed up just for, I don't know that, mm-hmm. but getting that vibe means they paid really close attention to, I mean, it was a little cartoony when the truck pulls around, but it actually looked like they went somewhere to a junkyard of trucks and said, give us like your shittiest truck. We're going to make a movie and we'll give you five grand for it or whatever. And then working on it felt real too. Those little things. It's just the detail that I feel like he's kind of mulling over it all. I don't know that because again, no extras, but. And the guy who did the cooking on the, for, well, the cooking consultant, because actually John Favreau did all the cooking of the, and the chopping and all that stuff. Yeah. The guy who consulted it. I forget his name, but he's he's a guy off the. He's been on the Food Network. Ken is his last name, and he's um, famous for having a food truck. Yeah, that, that serves um, Mexican food. I think he's served, but uh, he is the consultant, and he he's actually. If you watch the deleted scenes for this movie, you'll see him. He actually crops up in one of the deleted scenes. I don't know if he's in the movie. I don't know if I. 
He might be in one of the lineups. Yeah. Or... He's the guy who he talks to at the thing and asks for the buns. and says That's the some... deleted scene, the buns, right? Oh, you're right, yeah. Yeah, but does he crop up yes, in the movie? Yes, he's in the bar. When they go, when he goes to the bar and, and they're apologizing to him for not backing him, he's standing oh, behind him. Oh, right, yeah, so... That's why I said, I think these people are really real. chefs. And when they I went to the barbecue it. place, that seemed like a real barbecue place, too. They went to pick up some barbecue meat. Yeah, from a yeah. place that seemed like I was automatically like you know I don't understand that why that is a thing but when you watch a movie and they use real people who are not actors those people you can instantly spot yes, it yes you can like when we watched a million dollar arm the other week it was quite clear who was real sports agents in that movie the ones who, they just yeah. stuck out didn't they like it they don't feel like actors anymore because they're just they is it that they're they bad at acting or is it that Actors are overly yeah, like you know. Actors have a switch that they have to flick on to to do that polished kind of acting. If you're lying, even if I were to manufacture a big lie to tell to you, you say to me, "Where have you been for an hour?" And I say, you know, I construct a big long lie. I'm actually like, there's me, and then I've piled something on top of me, right? right? So that somebody a character, would, uh, yeah, exactly. There's something on top. So when I'm, but if I'm just me sitting in a booth and they're like, "We just want you to be you," I don't have anything to add to that. I don't have to act. All I have to do is I'm, say a lot. I'm thinking in Million Dollar Arm when they're in the car park and those all those coaches are there with the little guns, and he walks up and starts talking to one, and it's just quite clear yeah. that that's not an actor. And in this movie, they go to the barbecue thing and the guy, they ask some, the guy for the barbecue and it's quite clear that he's a real barbecue guy and not an actor either. Yeah. Give them minimal lines or something. And I mean, he looks like somebody I've seen before. I think he's probably maybe been on a food, food thing. Yeah. yeah. So um, let's move on to the cast uh, here. Um, John Favreau plays Carl Casper. He obviously directed also, but uh, plays the main character, which he's done before. Um and I, I really like him. I just, I find his personality, it comes across really well on the screen. Like, I feel like it's, is his personality. I don't feel like he's playing Carl, a Carl Casper character. I feel like it's John Favreau. I agree. Because. Like, that's how he is. We've yeah, seen how he is. Because in the moments when he sits and he's alone and he's reflecting, there's nothing extraordinary about what he's reflecting on other than the choices I've just made in my life. Right. It's not exactly an acting thing. Because the choices he's reflecting on would be, like, my own choices. So he just... I'm not saying it's not performing, because you have to... You know, you can't just sit there like, are we done, are we done? But when he's hanging out with the kid and John Leguizamo, there's just this, like... We were hanging out, doing this shit, somebody turned yeah, the camera on, and we I just feel. kept on doing it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I also feel that um, in this movie, he... because When I say it feels really laid back... It doesn't rush to the point on anything. It, it lingers in spots, and it's it's for the better of the movie, you know. And I think that's John Favreau's doing. I agree. It just lingers. Like there's a scene where he comes home after they've been out on the food truck, and he's in his little dingy kind of like yeah on his own, and he he's just sat there. Any other film, it would have him sat there for a few seconds and then cut to something else. This one, he he just sits there, says nothing. It might be a minute long, and he's just sat there. And you just kind of, from his expression, I get the whole, I'm missing being on the road. And why am I sat here on my own now? I could be doing this and I should phone my son and my son should yep. be involved. He doesn't say anything and you get all that. That's what I'm saying. And you, but the thing is, you can just apply that to his own life. Right. <laughs> like, But know. I feel that's for the betterment of this movie. Oh, him yeah. lingering on stuff. Time. And, and the bats in the truck where... They're actually, there's nothing really happening. It's just showing you the food and, you know, slowly lingering I mean, on the food. we're not talking about minutes and minutes here. You, no, you but might it feels, magnify it. It feels, lo- it feels like he lingers more. Like it than could be a whole, one minute. It's which not is like 60 an ADD seconds. Movie. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, but it's not long. And there's a scene where, at the beginning, where he uh, leaves the restaurant and then goes home and it's like him cooking at home um, and then it's showing you the critic getting this other food on the table. And that, just that, it's just him cooking some really awesome dishes. Yeah. And, and it's it's very detailed, it's very close up, it's not really fast. You get to see the food. And there was one dish there where I was like, oh my god, that dish looks amazing. The one with like the uh, really lime green sauce all over it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, they linger on food. It's obviously he loves food. He loves, I don't know, The he's not a chef. 
But the guy who did that is Roy Choi. Yeah, that guy. Of Koji Barbecue fame. So that's the guy who he actually has does, a, the cook- food does a lot of the cooking and yeah. And now another um, really awesome thing about this movie is MJ Anthony, who they picked to be John Favreau's son. He's a new actor. He plays like- Percy. He's like supernatural. From the very first scene where he's just walking with his dad and he's like telling him about the internet. Yeah. Like, like a, he's a kid. He knows about the internet and his dad knows nothing. He's a technophobe kind of dude, right? I don't think he's technophobe at all. Just, I think just, he's just not, a, not interesting. Not technophobe because he totally embraces it. So yeah, because he just, does have a phone. So. I think he's just... Not interested. Well, what your dad idea is, not that he's too busy, but he's been so selfish and self-absorbed with this cooking all these years. The kid's like 10, right? The marriage is dissolved. They don't live in the same place. He's working in a kind of boring place. I mean, it's fancy, but it's boring to him. So he's been very, like, me, me, me for so long. And then this kid is trying to, like, just connect with him on something. And I think that's how the social networking, he's just like, oh, what's this? And then I think with a kid like that, there's no hamming up. There's no over at all. I mean, he's totally 100%. It's like... John Favreau's chatting with him, and behind the kid's head, he's like, "Turn the camera on." Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. There's definitely. I don't want to take away credit from him for doing a good job, but it's so natural. Yeah, really good, and we, you know, he's it's he's relatively new to acting. Um, Sophia Varara plays Inez. We've I seen her last her. in um, Machete Kills. She could say anything, and I'd just be like, "I'll do whatever you say." And I said to you during the movie, um, John Favreau's gift as a chef is he picks the most amazing women ever. Up. <laughs> Yeah, Somehow, that's his superpower. His wife and his girlfriend are like the ultimate women. I don't know if she's his girlfriend, but I think they have sex. I don't think yeah, that she's his girlfriend. But still. It's, uh, it's that passion inside him that turns the women on. Um, but then he lost the passion, lost the marriage, and now she's like, but you're getting it back. Yeah. So, yeah, she's she's really good. Um, she's not in it at all. She's really honest. good, though. But she has huge impact on the, yeah. the happiness of the movie, I think. She's really fun, that actress. Very. You know, after seeing her in Machete Kills, which is a really crazy role that she actually is, you know, it's pretty crazy yep. what she does. And then seeing her in this, where she's just, um, I was going to say she's playing just an average mom, but no, she's not. She's no, playing no. like a... There's something about her that we never find out. Yeah, I was We don't know actress. why she has a PR. because she has an agent. But we don't know. We yeah, no we don't idea. know. But she's got money. That's the idea of it. Like, um, John Leg- Leguizamo plays Martin. Now, I don't always like him, but in this... I really liked him. He's awesome. He seemed to fit perfectly in that. Absolutely. Like I, like sometimes he bugs me, and I'm trying to think of something that he zombie really zombie one. Me. But I like that zombie one. Which one was well, that? Um, oh, one of the Romero ones, right? Yeah, one of those. Yeah, Don, not Don. He's also in uh, with the hopper up Blade, in the building. I don't remember. I didn't like him, but in this. It, it totally fits, like, the... Because the he drops that thing. actorly acty stuff. Yeah. He's just kicking it, <laughs> basically, in a food truck with John Favreau, getting all sweaty and cook. And I imagine, because they're really cooking food, from what you can tell. They are cooking. I yeah, read about it. They're yeah. cooking food. So, that... I don't know what kind of people don't enjoy cooking food, but that automatically relaxes everybody, and it smells really good, and you know that in... Half an hour, you're going to have this amazing... You can just nibble and eat. And I think that actually added to everybody's shoulders being down and, you know, like... But he's like his, you know, he's the, his partner, really, in, in the... Yeah. Not financially, I don't chef. think. But he's sous chef, yeah. Um, Scarlett Johansson plays Molly, who's like a love interest for John. Uh, for, she's uh, kind John of Harvey. like what would be a pretentious sommelier person. Yeah, head of she's matching house. the wines with everything, they said. Yeah. But she's also like, she's like a groupie, I think. And she's ready to let him go do his own thing because she's kind of, he's not that no. chefy chef anymore. And, you know, she's like, she's, you need to go do something She likes else. the chefy chef thing. Yeah. So she hangs around, shuts her career. But I, it's the same as having like somebody who's a, you know, a promoter in bands who just wants to be around musicians. And after and, seeing um, Under the Skin, she's shot up really a lot in my... Oh my uh, god, she's... Every time she does anything, that I, in my mind, i trying to think of anything that's not. She, oh, she's awesome. She's I mean, really go, ghost, compelling. Ghost World. It's amazing. And she's in that, right? So, um, that was a long time ago. Yeah, but I mean, I'm thinking of movies that she's been in, and there's nothing really I've disliked. 
She was in a Woody Allen film, I believe, that I haven't seen, mm-hmm. but I tend not to see Woody Allen films because I'm kind of <laughs> anti Woody Allen. I might like some of them, but I just I have a phobia of Woody Allen films. <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to come out of the film. But she's good in this because she's kind of stripped back a little bit, and yep. she's just you know she's not Black Widow. She's like uh, yeah, and this, she's totally um... just a girl, like you know, but she's got an agenda of her own. What I got the feeling was that these people have either hung around restaurants, they've worked in restaurants, they've been staff. I mean, they're actors, aren't they? So I'm not doing a stereotype here, but it's like they totally got the vibe I think it's of the restaurant down world. Down to that Cho guy, he, he probably got all that experience. Yeah, but I'm saying these people have probably all been, she's probably been a waitress. Josh oh, Favreau's right. probably worked in a restaurant. I mean, you get the vibe. It's hysterical behind the scenes, isn't it? And they all seem to totally, totally tap into that. And then Oliver Platt plays Ramsey Michelle. He's the like Ram food Michelle. food critic. Um, you know, it's Oliver Platt. He's awesome. <laughs> I like well, it. Yeah, it's, it doesn't have much to do, but what he does is very. I'm convinced he's. A, what did we watch the other week with him in it? We've no. seen him in something just recently. Not the other week. Yeah, it was either Transformers or he was in something just. Don't remember. Or it was it God's Pocket? Was he in God's Pocket? Don't remember. We've seen him just recently. Anyway, um, he's really good in this, um, but he's not in it a ton. Bobby Carnaval, who I really liked from The Station Agent. Um, and I feel like he was good in this, but I I think they underused him a little yeah. bit. Well, Why couldn't he have been in the truck? They didn't underuse because well, that's not how the story was written. I mean, you can't have four people in the truck. Mm, I disagree because there's four people in the plus, truck on the picture. His wife's right, in but She's only there for like one day. I'm saying just the constant plus. He showed that he wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. His character is like, I'm too afraid. I, 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 I. And plus, we get the vibe. He's probably got a drinking problem. And he's afraid to go out on his own. Whereas John Leguizamo instantly is like, his eyes open up when he's like, food truck, food truck. So this guy needs to just weasel in and stay back at the boring restaurant and do exactly what the owner tells him. That's why he doesn't go with him. And I think he's fine, but he's not that great. I just thought what Oliver Platt was in that we watched Fargo, the TV show. X-Men, first class. Right. Well, that was the one from a few years ago. But um, he was in um, Fargo, the TV show. He was the supermarket dude. Yeah. That's where I'm thinking of him from. And he was really good in that. And it was pretty crazy role. Um, Dustin Hoffman actually is in this movie as Reva, the o- restaurant owner. Um, to, and he gives, you know, John Favreau some shit. He's good. Kind of, he's really good. Yeah, and he, you know, he's not in it a lot, but he's, he, he's perfect. Like, he, I felt, oh, I'm a, a bit intimidated by him because he owns this place and it really is his say at the end of the day. Yeah. If he, if he says do something. He's the studio. Yeah. And John Favreau is John Favreau, <laughs> the director. So you get the. And he was first... good. I felt he was stripped back too. Like yep. he, he didn't like overdo it. Like you know, like we've seen him in Meet the Fuckers and things like I that. I think recently. that imagine every every job is a job. This is their job, right? They get up in the morning wherever they're staying. They get dressed, they take a shower, and they go to their job. The office is the set. And if you go to their your job, and everybody's like super tense, or it's really quiet and everybody's just sort of puts their head down and be like oh we got another eight hours to get through your vibe is one thing right and you're gonna have directors who are extremely control freaks right where if you come on my set and in five minutes i say you get up there and we're gonna do this in two takes and that would change your whole thing whereas i had the feeling john favreau was more like hey we're just sort of <laughs> we're hanging out and we're making... I mean, it's a businessman. Well, we've seen him making Iron Man. He's pretty Yeah, but hardcore. that was different. That was like the... That was the big studio yeah. pressing him down and time and time and money and money. Whereas on this one, you get the vibe, I do anyway, that it was like, let's get together and make a movie. Not like, oh, I gotta go to the set today because we have 17 th- pages we got to get through and this is gonna take 17 minutes and the lighting guys are late and blah, blah, blah. Whereas, you know... This seems really naturally made as well. I it don't, did. I don't know because movies are magic, right? But it didn't seem overly produced all the time. He said he wanted. I was just read an interview with him. He said he wanted it to feel like an independent movie, but obviously it wasn't. I mean, it it, was, it wasn't Iron Man, but it was still a studio. Independently movie. made, as in not using all the tricks of the right. All yeah, the, you know, massive money. It, it didn't cost him particularly a lot to make. Um, 
And speaking of Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. finally um, is Marvin. For like Second five time they've worked together. <laughs> yeah. Um, Literally, like five minutes. I, he's himself. Yeah, he's absolutely. He's, cocky, he's always himself. A cocky, rich piece of shit who is really only concerned I with himself. I feel like he's always himself now. Oh, and I, I also feel Johnny Depp's always himself now. I, like, Why don't think he's himself when he's... I was thinking the other day that an absolutely amazing performance from Johnny Depp, for instance, who I feel has just been doing the same thing for a long time, would be just a normal dude. Like, nothing quirky about him. Just normal. Yeah, but the quirkiness isn't him. That's the acting. That's he's what just a normal That's what I'm guy. saying. Don't do any quirkiness. Just do you. Like. Yeah, but you're saying the quirkiness is just him. But it's not him. No, the quirkiness is not him. He just likes to play quirky characters. And he really does. Look at all the characters he plays. Mm-hmm. Um, just to strip all that away and just be a dude. Yeah, but that's not his thing. It's not. But it would that would be something that would make me go, Ooh, wow, yeah, he's he's really versatile. He, well, he was in The Tourist. He, he still had quirky. a bit of a weird thing really. about him. No, I there was so. nothing weird. It, I mean, guy. it was over the top. It was like It was like a... The action was, but he wasn't. He was just a guy. Yeah, I The circumstance don't. was... I, d- I don't think that's what I mean. It's something more serious, but like... You mean him as John Favreau in this movie? Yeah, and dropping all or of him, Johnny Depp. like, he could have been the John Leguizamo guy. <laughs> Hanging out, yeah, cooking he, food. Yeah, I guess he could, yeah. But John Leguizamo, see, there's, there's the difference. John Leguizamo just played it as himself, right? I feel this. Yeah. I don't feel he was... I think that would insult them, but yeah. Yeah, I, but I think it's good because it makes it feel more natural. It makes it feel like no, yeah, he's not pretending to be this dude. He's he is this dude. So I, I, pref- I, I think him. that's where it, where it works better for that. You know, rather than if Johnny Depp was doing that, he'd put on some weird thing or do something. Hmm. I don't know. If you if they said, okay, you are this Latino guy, uh, obviously put on he has a, to put yeah. on something to. But he doesn't do. have to be. I felt Latin. like. Yeah, I felt the Latin thing helps, though, in this perspective, yeah. because... He's making Cuban sandwiches, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, he has a cousin who can... And it's colorful, and his wife, his ex-wife is... Yeah. Latin. So, this is directed by John Favreau, who directed Iron Man, Cowboys and Aliens, and Elf. And Made. And Made, and Swingers, uh, you know. But the thing is, you're only as good as what you've done... You know, and that's a horrible thing way to think about. Like, if you made a movie all those years ago and everybody's like, that is, like, the hottest, newest, that that describes him in the movie. Right. 20 years ago, everybody was like, holy shit, look at this guy. He made this cheap, flashy, hip movie. Yep. He's, the, he's the greatest. And then what did he do? He plateaued at big studio, big studio, big studio. So they aren't all great. They're good, fun movies. No, but he's got an element of quality about. I think Elf is think, one of the best. Yes, Elf is fantastic, and I hope after this one. Like I, there's there's only some movies that are like I could, you know, like rewatchable movies I talk about. Um, and I I think Groundhog Day is one of them. You can literally just watch it over and over and over. It doesn't. Of course. It doesn't get worse, or you don't get bored. Like it, like it. That's one. Star Wars is one for me. You know, I can just rewatch. I could watch Star Wars now. I could watch it tomorrow. I could just watch it every day of this week. It doesn't... Exactly. Um, I think Elf is in that actual category. It is. Because <laughs> it's genuinely funny and it's really sweet. And I think that's what Chef is at its heart, too. I think it's funny and sweet. It's got a sweet side to it, like, that makes you... You know, this relationship between the three of... The son and the father and the ex-wife. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not rewatchable to me, but I know what you're saying. No, but um, I, I think that sweetness are, and it is rewatchable to me. I, I feel like if you just want like to smile a little bit and like you you could put this on and just you know it's not demanding of you. It's not really intense or anything, is it? It's just <laughs> laid back, like you know. Um, so I think he did a really good job of it. I wasn't expecting much from it at all. I thinking it was just going to be, you know pretty formulaic kind of Hollywood thing. Yeah, and I was afraid it would over-glamorize the chefy thing, and in the very opening, it is. It's like, oh, yeah, flip on the lights to the kitchen, and you're chop-chop-chopping, and oh, God, look at the rock star chef, which I find extremely boring. I don't, I'm not into chefy people. 
I like the creative side of it, but the whole thing where it we've elevated them yeah. to some sort of... I just find that really boring. So I was like, okay, whatever. We get it. It's a fancy kitchen. You're going to chop a bunch of shit, and you're going to, like... Raise your hand up to sprinkle the salt, and you're gonna smear the shit on the. But plate. I think that Which was more of a tribute to food than the. No, than that the... was that to me. That was like yeah, da 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 da. And then he lost all that because then it was hustle and bustle in that truck, and it was greasy and dirty and sweaty and stepping over each other. So as soon as that little bit happened, I was kind of like locked in. And you definitely don't see a lot of movies about food. It's um. Oh, really? You know, it's not an overused thing. Like, you you know, you see loads of movies about spies or, you know, horror movies. But food, I don't think it's been tackled. Like, I, it obviously has, but I don't think it's been tackled every single year. You know, here's another food movie, here's another... I know it's that, like... I don't a, know, we don't see every movie, but... I know it's like a hot thing at the moment, you know, with all the reality TV shows on TV. I and, feel like it's on the down, though. I don't think it's... The same as it would have been three years ago. No. So, in terms of extras on this Blu-ray, there's a commentary with uh, John Favreau, and there's some deleted scenes. The deleted scenes are okay. They wouldn't change anything, really. No, no, they don't really, do they? But you know, and they, they're they're almost like those kind of deleted scenes where I was kind of like, well, they could have just been in the movie. They don't feel superfluous or anything. They just feel like if they were in there, it wouldn't have yeah. made any difference. I wouldn't have noticed. Um. So, yeah, and there's a commentary, which I'm interested to listen to because I want to know exactly, you know, how much... Well, it said, you know, the guy who did the food research, it said that John Favreau um, trained with him. He went to, like, boot camp. Right. And, you know, did... I don't know how long. That's what I want to know. Like, did he yeah. do a month in his restaurant or what? Like, or did he just do a day and everybody treated him special? Did he do that acting boot camp? Yeah. <laughs> So, um, what do you reckon? What's your final verdict on Chef? I was pleasantly... And you weren't looking forward to it? No. And what, what was be, that for? I thought it would be pretentious chefs or rock stars, and there's going to be a prote- an antagonist and a, oh, we're going to lose the restaurant and all that bullshit. Yeah, that's I really what I did. thought it was going to be, too. Yeah, or and that it's really he was going to be like Ramsey, the real Ramsey dickhead guy who, well, the character he does on tv or whatever and that that was going to be a reflection of all that and there would be like da 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 and then a revelation that he was he needed to do whatever now in the movie that is kind of what happens but he's already had his revel he already knows all that he's just going through the motion so that's why i liked it i would have totally and i agree it's more of a family thing because even though some of the stuff hanging on with the kid are feel inappropriate for a kid it's also no it's always it's, it's not like you have to... We're getting a little bit too delicate with children, I think. I liked that. You know what I really yeah, liked? When that. he said, here's some beer. Like, uh, like, like we're all having a beer. And um, because you work... He says to his kid. Oh, yeah. John Leguizamo says to the kid, because you work in the kitchen, there's no age. You can have a beer. You know, how old is he? Ten. Ten. And he then he drinks... The, you know, John Favreau said, yeah, you can have a sip. He drinks it and then... Ugh, John he goes, yeah. it, tastes it tastes like piss. Like piss. <laughs> so tell all your friends that and don't drink it. Yeah. It's like a lesson, you know, and it doesn't hurt anybody. And, and it, you know, he does it with, and tries to instill that thing into the kid. Like, try this. You know, you don't like spicy stuff or whatever. Just, yeah. Just try it. It's not that like, spicy. That's You'll be fine. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, it's almost a shame that it's R-rated. Because it would, I, I, you know, sitting with your kids watching this, I think you'd have fun. I, I agree. Maybe there's a PG version of it. It wouldn't take much to make a PG version of it. I would say a nine or ten year old. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Get it. Somebody, Even the kid says, I've heard fuck before. Somebody, if you're... And we know somebody who will be listening to this who has, I believe, a 10-slash-11-year-old and a 9-year-old, maybe? And father, you know... Like, the influence you have on your kids can't only just be, like, the kid stuff. Like, you have to pass down grown-up stuff, too. And I think that that... This movie really gives you a hand to say, like, you know... It doesn't go too grown up, but there no. are... It, it does have... And then it's also kind of inspirational. If you've got a kid who, who this might... They might go, wow, that'd be cool cooking or whatever. Like, this and it's could, not even the cooking thing, is it? It's just being just, taught a thing. Yeah, and like, you know... Yeah, a lot of this movie's about John Favreau learning that he should spend more time with his son and not... That's kind of the whole point. Yeah, not, like, brush him off because he's too busy. But he can do both. 
You yes, don't have so to be... So that's why I, say, I feel yeah. it's almost... It's very Disney-ish, like, in a message but kind of... But deeper. Yeah. So <laughs> I wouldn't be afraid to sit down with kids and watch it, but, you know, they're going to hear the F word. Once. Yeah. That's why I'm a, I'm a bit... Sh- sh- I'm a bit like... I would... You know, why make this an R-rated? There's no sex in it. There's no... You know? There's not even a sex scene or anything, is there? I mean, there could have been, but there isn't. So, um... In conclusion, yeah, I recommend it too. It's not the best movie ever, don't get me wrong, but I liked it. Do you know John Favreau's wife is a doctor? No. And that he considered changing Cowboys and Aliens because initially audiences laughed at it thinking it was a parody. You mean the name? Because it was <laughs> no, already a comedy. trailers. Book. Right. It wasn't a comedy, though. No. And that people thought it was going to be a parody. Right. Not everyone reads source material so these are just people probably so i think that's interesting he worked on wall street and then he quit and considered being a fireman i remember that yeah i've seen him on a actor's studio i think wow uh so thank you to universal for the blu-ray you can pick it up now uh enter a contest we have contests on aschoolie.com you can go there and you can win a blu-ray not chef but some whatever we've got going this week next week's blu-ray review is maleficent Talking of Disney movies. I'm looking forward to that. We're going to be looking at that. I thought that's what it would be this week because Halloween is coming up. So this should have been the Halloween-y one, but you don't ever quite tap into the holiday. Maleficent will be our Halloween. I know, but that'll be after Halloween. But then we'll discuss it, I suppose, on the week of Halloween. So movie recommendations for this week. I am going with Elf, which is another John Favreau movie I just mentioned. It's awesome. Watch it. Whenever it's Christmas time, put it on. I, or it's whenever in my it's folder. Not. And secondly, uh, The Station Agent, which Bobby Carnival actually stars in. And it also features like a, <laughs> a food truck. And that's why, yeah. I, that's why I, you know, that was the... I kept Station thinking, Agent is really good. Yeah, it's, a, it's not like Chef. It's no. more... It's deeper than that. And so it's bit, more... Also, even more... But it does feature a food truck. It's yeah. more about long takes of walking and sitting and thinking and... And it was guess. Peter Dinklage's first film before everybody knew who he was, like... Who's that? Who is he? Peter Dinklage is... Game of Thrones guy. Yeah, what's his real... What's his name in that? Tywin Lannister? Yeah. Um, um, my recommendations are... And we're going to go to the... Did you say both yours? Yes, you did. Mine... Are going to be in line with the movies I've watched this week yet again, sitting my butt on the couch for many, many hours while you've gone off to sleep and think that I just lay on the couch comfortably and fall off to sleep with this painful fucking foot. I do not. I watch movies or TV, which I'm falling. I'm really in love with the MHZ network, but which we recommended last week. I know. <laughs> just to reiterate, <laughs> it's fantastic. I've watched. I've watched Belgian news and Russian news and Chinese news and. Um, African news yesterday, which I was like, that was fantastic. News. I've watched Irish, but African I'd never even thought about, and it was all stories that, you know, they covered Ebola, and they covered, like, different things going on in the Middle East, you know, Egypt and the problem, and things that you don't hear in your mainstream news, really. So so that that's a recommendation. MHZ Network. It's on your HD antenna, if you have one of those. And it's probably actually on cable. You can go online and watch it. On don't know if it's on cable. It's a free educational network system, and so I don't know that it would be part of that. But um, So the movies I watched this past week, one's called Absentia, and it's and I was it was one of those on, like, uh, the blurb is this and the picture is that, but... Okay, so a woman, her husband's been missing for seven years, and she's pregnant. So something obviously has happened in the seven years. She's met somebody else, and it's the time for her to finally declare him dead. Because seven years is how long you have to wait so that she could get on with her life. Her sister comes around. Her sister's had drug problems. And in the neighborhood, some somebody's gone missing or something. And it's actually really good. It's creepy. It's very indie, independent type movie. Really good performances. Good special effects. It's, cre- it's got, not zombie, but it's like, you just have to, it's called Absentia. So, on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. And then... We Are What We Are, which is also a, kind of a, another pared down. Um, it's got Kelly McGillis and, um, oh shit, shit. What's his name? What's his name? Oh, I can't remember. It's Lance not. Lance Henriksen. No. 
Yes. Oh, God, I don't remember. Um, no, I don't think it was Lion Tender. But it's about a dude who, with these very closed-up lifestyle, it's kind of horrific. There's cannibalism involved. And it's actually, re- it's also really good. Now, keep in mind, these are movies I'm either watching in the middle of the night when I'm ready for something to stimulate me, or just lounging around in the afternoon and, you know, wanting something. But it's actually really well done. Um... Devil, which isn't great. I'm not Shyamalan's. Um, he wrote it, wrote it directed a few, a few mo- years and the ago. acting's. You know, it's got its moments of like very kind of pushed. Um, but it's not like super. It's it wasn't disappointing at all. It was kind of expected stuff, but it was well done. So I like Devil. It's people in an elevator, and one of them is the devil. Um, and then let the right one in, which is a Norwegian, I believe, Norwegian or Swedish horror movie and i highly recommend it and you're going to get me the remake already got it which is called let me in and it's creepy and it's weird and it's really beautiful and it has subtitles so get your glasses so to recap absentia we are what we are devil and let the right one in all right so uh yeah that's our movie recommendations for this week. Games and Ace Coley stuff. Not been playing that much this week, aside from Destiny, which I've talked about lots now. Mm-hmm. They're going to have like a uh, event next week, which will... Um, it's I don't know what the event is. There's an event next week. You can uh, join the event and you can get some really cool stuff from it. They, they're going to try and have events every week. And I think this week there was nothing. And I had less of an urge to play it. But when there's an event, I mm. want to play it all the time. That's not a good sign. No, it's not a sign. So I think, uh, not a good sign. So I think they sh- need to have events more often and different things because you start to lose, when it's a week where there's nothing new at all. Right, but doesn't that say something about the game? Well, it means that the con- the content's, l- I'm at the end of the content. I'm like a hundred hours exactly. in. Yeah. I really am at the end of it. Like I've done everything. So then it should just be over. Well, Yeah. Any other game, you would have put it aside and never played it again. But, but the way this game is, it's an MMO stick. type game. Um, they're adding things as you go along. And I like that because it definitely makes me want to go back to it. Now, in two weeks, yeah, two weeks now, Call of Duty comes out. The new Call of Duty. Will, this will be the test. Yeah. Will Destiny still have the hooks for me to even bother putting it back in because I'm invested in Call of Duty? That's That'll be the test for me. Maybe on the week Call of Duty comes out, because they know it's a compete, you know, they're both shooters. Maybe they do something super special on that week to try and make people not play Call of Duty as much. I don't know, but that'll be the test when Call of Duty comes out in a couple of weeks. The other game I've been playing is Drive Club. It still doesn't work online, um, but I have been playing the single player portion of it. And one thing I have noticed is the servers are way more reliable now. What what used to happen though, what you know, when it, when they were really broken, were like it didn't pull any of the your data into the game, so it was just like playing this dead game. Now, when you turn it on, it generally does hook up to their servers. It doesn't always work hundred percent, but it is getting better. So, you know, I'd give it another week. Michael Parks, that's yeah, who's that's... in. We are who we are. Michael Parks, you love him. I don't love him. I like him in certain <laughs> things. Right. Tarantino movies. Um, and the other game I. <laughs> been playing this week is Hatsune Miku Project Diva F. Now that is a, a, a Vita game. It's from Japan, obviously. It sounds Japanese. Um, it's by Sega and it's a rhythm game. Um, and you've, I've played it a lot this week. Um, play it with your headphones on. It's on the Vita. Please. Well, you, you, you really need to because it's about hitting the buttons in time to the beat, like really. Um, but what it is, is it's like DJ Max, that other game on the Vita that I love where you tap the little icons in time to the music and you, you know, you get a high score or whatever. This is very similar to that. Aside, you don't tap the screen, you actually tap a button to the, to the beat instead of actually clicking on the screen, which actually makes it more reliable because touch screens don't always yeah. pick you up. Um, and what Hasuni Miku is, if you've never heard of it, is in Japan, because they are crazy and wacky, Hasuni Miku was a, a vocaloid, they call it. She's a pop star who doesn't exist. She's all inside a computer. Right. She actually penetrates the Japanese charts very often. 
with her songs, and there's nobody. Be- she's just a. Well, there's somebody behind it because someone does it. Right, but she's a computer-generated character, and the voice is also computer-generated. So it's a program, and they type the lyrics in, and then she sings the songs, and she's got that popular in Japan that she actually is in the real pop charts. And this this game's centered around her. So it's a very strange niche game. And you really have to like rhythm games and Japanese culture to really like it, I think. Because none of the lyrics are in English. There's no subtitles. You don't know what they're saying. Wow. So you really have to like that kind of thing. It's on the Vita. It's very, very, very cheap. They are, they are, they've got a sale called the Diva Sale going on. And I actually think it was $2. It was actually a $50 game to start with. So that's it for games for this week. Yeah, and Call of Duty is right around the corner, so I'll be talking about that soon. What's for dinner, Sid Talk? Tonight for dinner will be a grilled tofu sandwich. Inspired by by the movie, because (laughs) we could just have plain tofu sandwiches, but I'm going to get out the potato bread and grill it in the pan with the tofu that I cooked yesterday. He made the best look he made in the movie. He made a grilled cheese sandwich. I know, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm gonna, But ours isn't cheese And I don't cheese. love grilled cheese sandwiches, but that grilled cheese sandwich looked like the best grilled cheese sandwich ever. But we I've love our go-veg go cheese. So yeah. We're going to use that. And it's really good. It's really melty and creamy. And I'm going to put the tofu that has my special sauce on it. I would have um, liked an extra in this movie, Chef, I was thinking. All the cooking? With the recipes and the... The guy who did the consulting for the, the movie. thing about the recipes is, if you're really into chefy stuff, you don't want a recipe. You just want to no, watch No, but to at least tell you, you know that, like that really marinade. awesome dish you made? What was that? <laughs> We're also going to have this, which is Pappardelli's Porcini Mushroom Gluten-Free Pasta. This I bought the, at a market in Kansas City. I don't know. It sounds good. Company. I know, it sounds really good. So we will see. It's always hit, hit or miss with gluten-free pasta, though. Yeah. Sometimes I mean, it, it says be- cook at 14 to 16 minutes, and a lot of times gluten things say, like, cook for three minutes, do not overcook, right. because it, like, falls apart. But it's just these curly noodle things. I'm going to cook that and make a little bit of sauce or something. I know you you always have this thing where you, and some peas, of course, because we have lots of peas, because I've been putting frozen peas on my foot. We have a couple bags in reserve that have not been thawed and frozen oh, yeah. so we'll use those um you have a thing about food you always want to know what it is like what's it called what's its name what's, what's in the... it yeah but when you really like to cook like i really like to cook not really recipes so much and i think well i don't know i put it's just eat it <laughs> like i'm not gonna feed you anything that you're gonna hate it's not like i'm gonna put louisiana hot sauce in there because i know you don't like hot sauce so when you're like, what is this? I'm like, well, look at it. First of all, what does it look like? It's potatoes and carrots. I don't know what to tell you. So I don't name anything. So these grilled tofu sandwiches, you get to name if you want to give it a name. Uh, and advice before we leave? Uh, probably don't ask me for advice. I have recently encountered a couple of um, younger people in my family who... Oh, yeah. Around 30 and around 22 years old who... I mean, I've been that age. You've been that age. I was a dickhead. Like, I was like a self-absorbed, drunken, uh, self-absorbed. Double self-absorbed. Yeah, I really was. Like, and all that pity shit about anything that's ever gone wrong in the first 18 years of your life. And if you're that type of person to wear it as like this badge of like, oh, I'm, I'm tormented and troubled and life is just weighing so heavily on me and I might as well drink myself to death. And, you know, it makes you deep and artsy fartsy and all that kind of shit. Now, maybe that's why I don't like those characters in movies, those sort of like tormented young women who have their hair raspily looking and they have paint all over their shirts and they sort of bounce around and then they're troubled and sad and the guy has to come along and he's like intrigued by them because I know it's all bullshit. Because I was that person at one point where you seem interesting but really you're just full of shit because you're young. So, and through my life, I've had people who... I don't know if it's really help necessarily, but it's like, you know, there's always been, not always, but I mean, there have been times when it's like, I need a place to stay, you stay here. If I needed, you know, I never got a job off of anybody. I always just went ahead and got jobs and made money and pretty much, you know, there was always my mom who could be the backup plan, I guess, if really everything falls to shit. 
But most of the time, every decision, every major decision I've ever made, I don't ask anyone's opinion. I don't give a shit if you approve or if you think I'm making an immoral decision or you think that I'm making the right decision even. I don't even want your support. I just don't, I don't function that way. I don't sit there pondering like, well, okay, should I move to Florida? I'm 20 something years old and I've done all this other stuff and I'm, my sister's down there and she's like party animal and I've got two jobs and I'm doing okay, but maybe, should I? I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Should I go to Florida? I don't know. No. My mind was like this. My sister says, hey, you need to move down here and we'll have a good time. I was like, you know what? Sounds awesome. I quit my jobs. I got out of my house. I put my stuff in storage. I moved to Florida. Turned out that I married a guy who was a dick and got divorced and all these other things happened, but I didn't. And then it wasn't like I was seeking anyone to help me out of that situation. I poured my guts out to a couple of people, you know, like you do. But I wasn't going like, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And the I just would sit. I, I'm a very, like internal person. I will ponder something. Maybe too long. Some things. The Florida thing was like, go. California, when I moved in when I was 19, it was like, oh, I could go be a nanny in Florida, in California. Looks good. Ten minutes later, I was filling out applications, and you know, two weeks later, I had a job, and a month later, I flew out there. So, but then other things, like buying a house, marrying you, things that, you know, I take, I think about it constantly in my own head. I don't go to people like, oh, I'm really troubled. I've met this guy online. He's really cool. What do you think? Should I meet him? Should I marry him? What do you think? I really need your support right now. What do you think I should do with my life? No, I just don't do it. So when I have someone coming to me in any capacity, I feel like it's weak and I know that's wrong. I know that I am wrong. I am incorrect. But... My advice is always like, well, what are your problems? Well, I'm this and this, and I sucked at that. And one particular situation is I've been in jail. I've got tattoos. I, you know, life sucks. I want to go back to a life of crime because I can't get a job and blah, blah, blah. Well, what, how does this solve your problem? Can your wife have a job? No. No. I promised her when we got married she'd never have a job. I was like, okay, well, there's your problem. I don't have sympathy. It's like it doesn't come to me very naturally. I'm like, there's your problem. If you need money and your wife can work, then she can work. And then in time, you'll do this and that. And that's how I present it. I'm not very compassionate. I will ask questions like, well, what, what's great about you? What's like the best thing about you in this life? What do you offer people? Because this person's really down. Like, really down. But I don't care. I don't care. Now, I think that's a flaw in my character. But what I want is the people to pull back all that bullshit. Like, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Shit's gonna turn out. So eventually, you'll get over it and make better decisions. My biggest problem with people asking for advice is... Almost always. Now, I... Obviously, if there has been an illness, a crime, abuse... If you've had actually someone do something to you horrible or like... You know, your parents have died or things that are outside of your control that impact you greatly. That, I'm not talking about that. I'm not saying like, oh, blow it off. You're fine. I'm talking about, oh, I got in a fight in a bar and punched a wall and broke my arm and lost my job. Well, it sucks. But let's back up to that first part of that story. Hmm. I got a fight in a fight in a bar, punched a wall and broke my arm. That was your choice. It wasn't my choice. The guy's giving me some shit. Uh, still your choice. That's how I dole it out. So I have a hard time just figuring this out about myself. I don't know how to temper my... I can't lie very good about it. I can't pretend to be like, oh, that's really terrible. I really feel for you. Because I don't. Always. It depends on the circumstance. You know? But I've known in my life, people like you, or people who have... Um, survived cancer, people who have survived broken necks, people who have survived losing children, people who have survived losing their parents. I have not had any of those kinds of things, right? But I've experienced these people. I have a cousin who's in his 70s who had both of his feet removed, and he's like, eh, you know what? Life goes on. Let's fix up the house and lower this, all that stuff I think I've said before. And I think I use those people in my mind when other people ask, and they're being kind of pitiful, and I think... 
you know? There's so much, <laughs> I don't mean to be comparative about it, but there's always something that could be worse. And I don't know how to mask that when I'm trying to give somebody good advice. I'm very cutting. So that was good advice. Do you have any advice for me? No, that's a good way to be yourself. Right. Don't it lie to people. To... I don't, but I don't think it's very helpful. <laughs> no. Maybe I later when I don't, someone... Yeah, I don't, it but probably I have, isn't for some people. Yeah. But I've had that kind of... That's one thing. I don't, I've never really solicited much advice from people. But one time, I was like a drunken 20-something-year-old, totally wasting my life. Met a guy, and he just basically, after seeing some of my artwork and meeting me for a little while... Because I am kind of charming and interesting, I guess. Yeah, you can you can attest to that. And he's just like, you know what? It's really a shame that you're just gonna be fucking dead one of these days. You're gonna drink yourself to death or find yourself beat to death in the back alley, and everybody's gonna cry for a little while, and then you know what? Life goes on, or you could just get get over it and change what you're doing. Now, at the moment, it was like what, <laughs> but I was interested in him because he was a musician, so it kind of like. It soaked in, and as time went on, it was like, I am making really shitty decisions, like, every single day. And if today I don't make that shitty decision, tomorrow could be better, and then it kind of grows, it's like a seed that gets planted. So I think I appreciate the harshness, and that's why I feel like it just comes out of me. But I need some balance. Like, I need you next to me always, because you're, like, the opposite. You're Mr. Bob from The Walking Dead. I told you that the other day. You're going to end up. <laughs> no, I'm just saying Bob's a positive guy. Yes. He's, like, Mr. Positivity. He always puts a positive spin on everything. And he's living in the zombie apocalypse. That's you. True. I'm very neutral, and I think life is fantastic and amazing. But I'm also, I think, I look at things a little more flat you know, I don't try to make it sound better than it is, and I don't try to make it sound worse than it is. I don't intentionally, anyway. So my advice is, um, don't ask me for advice unless you, if you already know what you want to hear. Ask somebody else. Yeah. And if you really want me to tell you what I see, now that doesn't make it their truth, right? It makes it my truth, what I see about your life. Go ahead and ask, because that's what I'm going to give you. All right, so I'm going to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitsa.com, catch us on Twitter and Facebook. There was a lot of Twitter in this movie, by the way, Chef. Yeah, it was almost really felt, good. Yeah, it was good, it was but well it almost done. felt like Twitter were involved somehow. But it was well done. I, I had no problem with yeah, it. Yeah, I like, you know, even explaining to his yep. how it works. And even the misunderstanding of tweeting yep. is very real. Very real. Yeah, because uh, I've seen that actually go down where somebody says something and goes, oh, it was private messaging, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, there was a lot of Twitter in this movie. Facebook, Facebook was in this movie, so it wasn't exclusively mm -hmm. Twitter, was it? In fact, Vine was mentioned. It was very... Snapchat. Yeah, technological. I'd never heard of Vine. Yeah, Vine is... Yeah, I only heard of Vine because people post on Twitter. It's just a place where you put a short video. Six seconds, apparently. Yeah. I learned that from the movie. And they just, you know... See, I learned about technology from this movie. Mostly silly videos. Or really? pictures of... Or videos of the cat doing a jump. I thought you were going to say of their cock. <laughs> I don't think there's any of that. <laughs> That's My it. advice is, don't take pictures of your private parts. And tweet them. No, just don't take pictures of them. That would eliminate all the problems. Just don't point the camera at your vagina. Yes, There's my advice. There. Actually, Scarlett Johansson um, had that recently <laughs> where she all uh, those yeah. saucy pictures of her got out, as well as um, Katniss. That wouldn't have happened Katniss. if they didn't take the photos of Exactly. It. Yeah. If the photo doesn't exist, no don't, one can see and don't, it. If you do take the photos, don't keep them on your phone. Like, just, Or just don't take the photo. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's our advice. So you can catch this podcast on Stitcher, which is Stitcher.com. Did you already catch this podcast? Yes, they did. I really like that Stitcher um, tweets our podcast out every week into their main feed. Just so, ask how sweet. Well, they tweet everybody. But, <laughs> but I get a lot of podcast people come from that tweet because they have, like, 20 million. I don't think I use Twitter right. I only look at it about once a month. <laughs> oh, I use it every day. In fact, I'm always looking at it. Always. But I don't I don't care how it works 100%. I guess if I had a smartphone, I probably would mess with it more, like look up things more with it. I use TweetDeck on the computer and just um, I subscribe to all the things I'm interested in and then always there's something popping up. Not really know. interested in anything. It's good for if you're into video games like myself. Getting your video game news. Twitter is quicker 
to get the news, uh, you know, new things that are happening than any website because it takes them a while to put stuff up and Twitter, it's immediate. You know, somebody... Well, somebody's putting it up, yeah. Yeah, but it's because it's so short and it's like, oh, this is happening. Do you mean you just watch live Twitter? Yeah, I, I often have a Twitter How can you window. just read it all? It's millions of things a second. No, it's not that many for me. No, I look at my, my timeline, not the actual everybody. People you follow. People I follow. Okay. And, you know, See, I, I'm learning, I'm learning. IGN will say this and, you know, somebody else What's will IGN? say What's IGN? Video game news. Of course. So, um, yeah, that's how to use Twitter. You can also catch this podcast on iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or the RSS feed. Just go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast. You can subscribe there. Email feedback to me at ascoli at ascoli.com. Don't email Sitar, she doesn't care. Unless um, you have some really good advice for me, then I'll care. Yeah, and stay classy, um, Mr. John Favreau. I'm look, really looking forward to what he does now. I, you know, he might go back to a big, massive movie, or he might do, I'd rather him do stuff like this. Absolutely. And I'm going to say, think for yourselves, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. <laughs>